From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week as we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. So there's a new book out called The Two-Parent Privilege by economist Melissa Carney. And it's essentially a case for marriage. Carney compiled data that proves unequivocally how significant marriage is, not just for children, but for our economy and for society as a whole. And I have a link in this video to two articles that highlight some of the points in Carney's book. The most significant being that more and more women are choosing to have children and remain single. And when these women were asked why, as part of the research, most of them said it's not that they don't want to get married, but that there are simply no good, quote unquote, good men from which to choose. And by good, they mean marriageable, let's face it. And that essentially means being gainfully employed. This conundrum is without a doubt the biggest culprit when it comes to the massive decline in marriage today. And so the obvious follow-up question is, how did we get here? And what, if anything, can be done about it? But there's another problem when it comes to trying to solve this problem. And that is that very few people in power are willing to address this topic because it is a landmine for them. They'll lose votes or they'll lose followers or they'll lose clients if they talk openly and honestly about this very loaded topic. So they say nothing. And it is in this silence where the problem festers. None of these folks want to admit, for example, that men in America have been marginalized. Nor do they acknowledge that men and women are not equal, as in the same, but are in fact wildly different, which gets at the heart of what's happened with marriage. And they definitely don't want to talk about the fact that women prefer to marry men of equal or greater status, even though we all know this to be true. And it's also for good reason, because women are the sex that becomes vulnerable when they get pregnant and therefore need a stable man on whom they can rely when the time comes. Problem is, nobody warned them. Instead, women were groomed to become their own breadwinners and to never rely on a man, even if only temporarily, which in turn causes them to become stuck down the line when they get pregnant. And men heard this message too. It undermined their incentive to produce because that's how men feel their greatest sense of purpose, by producing. What's the point of getting married if women don't need them to provide? So now we have a nation of women who are out educating and out earning men and who eventually become so desperate for a baby they're choosing to have one on their own rather than marry a man who is not a stable earner. This is the number one reason marriage in America has tanked. Until we have the courage to say out loud that men and women are not interchangeable and that they in fact play unique roles in family life once children come along, we will be stuck exactly where we are right now with fewer and fewer married parents and children who are suffering as a result. Single parent homes, which are by and large single mother homes, are not good enough for kids. We know this. It's just that no one wants to say it because everyone knows single, single mothers who are doing the best they can. 
And I get that it's hard to hear. But that can't be a reason for staying silent when things are this dire. Melissa Carney is one of the few courageous people who felt that she could no longer hide from the facts that she had unearthed over this 10 years, over these 10 years that she'd been uh, researching this book. And they were facts that became overwhelmingly obvious. Kids who grow up in single parent households are dramatically disadvantaged. Kids who are not raised in two parent homes are more likely to grow up in poverty, less likely to finish high school, less likely to go to college, and more likely to get suspended from school or get involved in crime. And that's just the boys. The girl, or mostly that tends to be boys for sure. The girls tend to have a leg up because they still have a female role model but they lose, they too lose access to their fathers. And we have not only downplayed in this country, but completely rejected how crucial fathers are to their children's development. Millions of boys and girls are growing up without a father in the home. And for boys in particular who lack any role model whatsoever for manhood, this marks the beginning of their downward trajectory. And that problem leads directly to the marriage problem. Because again, women prefer to marry men of equal or greater status. And there are fewer and fewer of those men around because they didn't have fathers and a stable home life to help them get to that point of becoming grown men. So if we know this to be true, and we do, again, there are those two questions. How did we get here? And what do we do about it? I don't want to spend too much time talking about how we got here because I feel personally like I've beaten this subject to death. For those of you who don't know, in 2012, I wrote a Fox, the Fox News article and subsequent ebook, The War on Men, which argued that we've demonized men and pit the sexes against each other in a game of one-upmanship. So we can hardly be surprised at the results we now have with marriage. As a side note, if you're looking for that ebook, I have a link to that below as well. On this video. As for what to do about it, I think there are four main areas of focus. I'm sure there are more, but these seem to me to be the most crucial. Number one, we put family first again. I know that sounds like a soundbite, but it really is true, and I do believe it's possible. It has to do with the way we raise our children. Our values in this country are completely out of whack. We worship at the altar of money and fame and completely dismiss that true happiness and satisfaction can only be found in the relationships we build at home. So that's where our focus needs to be. It's just a matter of prioritizing. It's not an either or scenario for our children. It's here's what matters here's the end goal and here's the means to get there. So it's just this shifting of our value system. We need to teach our children this stuff from day one and model it as well. Modeling is just as important, of course. So that's number one, putting family first, like not just saying it, but actually doing it and modeling it. Number two, we stop demonizing men. This is, probably the biggest, maybe it should have been number one. Just stop. If you have an issue with a particular man, whether it's a father or a husband or a coworker or a boss, keep it about that individual. 
You don't need to make a social statement about men as a whole every time something happens. And that's what we've been doing for the past 50 years. My mother, who's now deceased, she, some of you may know this, if you've been listening for a super long time, um, was a stockbroker. She had an MBA. Uh, she was born in 1930. So this was very unusual. And she was surrounded by men in the 60s when she was working. And she worked obviously mostly for men. And she did have a sexist boss. And she tried to handle that on her own personally at first and wasn't happy. So she quit. And she went to find another investment firm, also male dominated, where she was treated very differently. The lesson being that when something isn't working for you, change it and make something happen without making a generalized statement about men as a whole or the field, you know, working with men as a whole. There are good men and there are bad men. There are good women and there are bad women. So focus on your experiences personally and address the individual rather than um, making it about something society-wide. That's really where the demonizing men came into play. It's just we stopped looking at people individually and started making blanket statements about men as a group, um, most of which are absolutely wrong and um, have, it's just done tremendous damage. There's just no question about that. I don't think anybody can argue that. Number three, we stop pitting men and women against each other in, a in search of some utopian concept of equality. Men and women are indeed capable of doing many of the same things, but that doesn't mean they want to or that they want to do so with equal fervor. Men and women have different needs and different desires, and this will become super clear once children come along. So it's time that we talked openly about those differences and not let politics stand in our way. This is how you bring people together. What we're doing right now is just pushing them apart. And number four, we raise boys to become men. And that means raising them the way they used to be raised. And that means needing a father in the home. That's number one. This gets tricky now because so many boys are being raised without fathers. And since a boy needs a father in order to grow up to become a man, that means more marriages are going to have to survive. So that's really at the core of this problem of where have all the good men gone? It's, well... It starts with staying married to the father and then raising them to become men and not coddling them, which is something that happens very often in single parent, which are usually single mother households. You have a single mother and boys and there's no father in the home. And so those boys are being raised exclusively by women. So of course they're going to be um, less in touch with their masculinity uh, so these me this messaging that they're getting left and right is not helping boys at all. So if the answer is for marriages to survive, if that's the beginning of it, then the answer to that, in my opinion, is relationship education. I think this needs to be in our schools and certainly in our homes and possibly even at the government level. 
at the very least, we need policies that support marriage rather than encouraging the opposite. There actually are some relationship education policies right now in place. I don't know how successful they are, and I certainly wouldn't turn to the government um, really for this answer. But um, I it doesn't hurt to have something in place that makes a statement, at least, about the significance of this problem. I think it would, at the very least, do that. But you can see the landmine here that I talked about earlier. Because it's one thing to discuss these matters in private, knowing how big they are, and another to admit them out loud or talk about them publicly. But no problem can ever be solved with silence. It's not going to happen. So thank God for YouTube, I guess, which may, which may be our last and best hope for changing hearts and minds when it comes to the importance of marriage and how to make it work again. Again, you're not going to hear this in the media. So um, at least we have YouTube. I don't know what else to say except, except for that. So that's all I got for today. Till next time. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to leave us a review as well as share this episode with a friend. As always, you may reach me with any questions or comments at Suzanne at the SuzanneBankerShow.com. And if you would like to support this podcast, which would be very much appreciated, you can do so at Patreon.com forward slash the Suzanne Banker Show. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week.